0: So, I just want to thank Billy Joel for uh, taking the night off and letting us come. And um, we're going to make the best of it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. And away we go.
1: You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr.
0: Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck Mr. Boom Gasper! You can call me L, you can call me Ed, you just just fucking call me why don't you?
2: Live on
1: Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast, and you're listening to this show. As we do every week, we take one Pearl Jam show from the live Pearl Jam catalog, and we break down the set list, and we talk about the songs, we talk about the era, and we talk about other storylines going into it. It is anything that a Pearl Jam fan would love and desire, and uh, welcome everybody. Randy Sobel here, Chris Buckley over there. Hello, sir.
3: Hello. Hello, hello. How goes? It goes well. How goes it? Goeth it with you?
1: <laughs> goes <if> it? Um, <laughs> it goes with it uh, pretty well, I suppose. Uh, uh, we got an interesting one to cover today. Uh, obviously, a couple of weeks ago we did uh, your first MSG show, and today we got another MSG show that both of us were at, and we're it's getting the next one after MSG... it. Yeah, this MSG series is coming down to the wire here. We got two more left, and it's both the 2016. So this is—it's interesting because it's kind of while well, you have night two that we were coming off of, you had a lot of really big things to talk about, big storylines. This is not going to be that kind of episode. I—I I think that there's you know while there's a lot of good things to talk about, I think that there's going to be a lot of things that we're just going to be like, yeah, that that was. You know, that that was a Pearl Jam show, kind of.
3: Yeah, this show, I said this to you before, uh, one of the main points here is that there are not a lot of points to make. There are th- One of the main things that we can talk about to, to start off here, as we always do before we really dive into the set list uh, from front to back or from beginning to end, is the fact that this show is very strong. It's a very well-performed show. It is a, it's a good set. I'm not gonna say it's a bad set. It's definitely not a bad set. It's not a mind-blowing set. It is a, I don't want to say run of the mill. I, I feel like using that term with this band in any capacity is it's probably a not bit fair. of an injustice, no, right? And it's not fair. And it was such a well-performed show. I remember leaving this show feeling like wow, thinking wow, they they sounded so good. They really sounded on and. like how can they follow that up night two and you know we'll get to that when we get to night two but it was the kind of show where uh, looking back at it you look through the set list it's a very standard set list as far as I would say maybe like so once lightning ball comes out so maybe like 2013 to now like 2018 you know obviously we're in 2019 but the last show was last year of course so I would say it fits very well within the mold of shows that were that would be performed between 2013 and 2018. Yeah. there's nothing groundbreaking here there's a couple cool little moments that we'll get to there's a, a, a i mean quite unique cover uh one and only time they've ever done it that was one of the moments that stood out there's a surprising moment i think that uh, that we both agreed upon, that we agree that we liked, that we'll get to. And listening back, I, I really forgot about. I didn't. I, I, it had been qu- so long since I listened to this bootleg all the way through that I, it, when I stumbled across this song again, uh, it kind of reminded me. I was like, wow, that, you know what? I, I don't remember that being as good as it was, but it was very good. And it was one of the overall few moments that I really would want to make a point about. And outside of that, it is a pretty basic set list. There's nothing mind-blowing going on here, but again, the performance is solid, and it was a good show. It was a very good show for a set list that feels very much like they took the approach this night of, okay, yes, we're playing the Garden, so we want to be, you know, play a, a, a pretty significant amount of time. This this show clocks in at, I think, 2 hours and 51 minutes, as far as the bootleg, at least. Uh, so they play a, a pretty—it's a considerably long show— and there's a lot of hits, they repeat a lot of songs going into Night 2, so in that regard they are really playing, I think, a lot for the standard fan. There's a lot of, I think I think there's a certain mentality of, okay, there's, there's going to be people here that are, you know, it's not a collector show, if that makes sense. It's not a show for, you know, for the serious collector, it's a very... Basic show to hit all of the bases sprinkle a couple little fun things in there for the more, you know, the harder long, you know, bigger fans and um, but there's no really nothing groundbreaking going on here in the show overall. But it's still good. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I, you know, I, I kind of am putting a damper on it, but I, I'm not trying to. I'm just
1: well, kind of laying,
3: laying it down here.
1: Yeah, my thing is with this show is that I think 2016 had a lot of expectations going into it. Sure. You have a couple nights before, you have 10 Adelphia, And boy, was that, was that mind-blowing. And just to see that, like, going, knowing that you got that a couple of days before you're getting the garden you're like oh shit that's what they did in Philly Imagine right what if Philly they could, got
3: that exactly Right. what yeah. could
1: they do for the garden and you look at it and it's really not fair to compare it because uh, the reason why they did 10 in Philly was because they, they raised the banner that said 10 uh, consecutive sellouts in Philadelphia so they had a reason to do it but also you had Greenville that year um, a, a week later a week after MSG you had Binaural in Toronto you had stuff like a couple of those other shows on that tour there were some real deep 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 cuts that were played like ghost and in the moonlight in tampa and you know there were big things going on so there were really high expectations going into new york but also with high expectations and a big city you you sort of there are newer fans that you do have to cater to in those aspects and i think that this show is sort of a beginner level show. It has something. If you're, you know, first couple shows in for a Pearl Jam fan, this is going to be perfect. This is going to be pretty good for you because you don't get stuff like "Off He Goes" and "Footsteps" every single show. But I was 15 shows deep at the time, and I had seen at least two new original songs at every single show. And this was the first show that I got no nothing new at all. Uh, besides, yeah. aside from a Doobie Brothers cover. I had seen every single thing that had been played that night, so it was a little disappointing on that end, and I'll talk about how much of a spoiled brat I was uh, as we go along the way, but before we get into all that, let's mention Patreon, because we got to get that in early, of course. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, yesterday was Patron's Day, and we did a little thing for our Patreon subscribers. If you're a Patreon uh, uh, subscriber and, and you haven't seen that, head on over there and uh, and check out what we did because we made a bunch of announcements for 2020 and uh, some end of the year kind of announcement stuff so there's some really good stuff there Uh, if you're interested in evolution episodes we just released for the patrons yesterday uh, a corduroy evolution episode and next week for all you guys that aren't on patreon we're actually going to give you an evolution episode as a regular episode because it's Thanksgiving next week and we wanted to do something a little special something a little lighter from the for the holidays so we wouldn't have to spend time uh editing and, and researching a big show around a holiday season so if you like the evolution episodes there is yellow lead better that is for free on spotify and, and apple and all the regular podcast providers but we also have leash we have a live we have state 11 and trust and the recently released corduroy episodes all on patreon.com and to become a patreon subscriber you head over to patreon.com slash live on four legs and you donate Whatever you feel is necessary to the podcast, it is all up to your discretion and we treat everybody the same. Everybody gets the same exclusive episodes. Everybody gets the same opportunities to come on the show. Talk about your favorite show uh, or even if you don't want to come on the show, but you have a show in mind for us to do. We can do that too. That's not a problem. So, uh, you know, head on over to Patreon if that's something that you would like to do. Help out the podcast, it helps us out. And also, you know, you get to do cool things. You know, the first people that are invited into doing the experiments and uh, getting on evolution episodes are usually the Patreon people. So, if that's something that you're interested in, hit us up. Live on Four Legs, uh, podcast at Gmail dot com and uh, head on over to Patreon. So anything to add with that? I think that I think I hit all the bases there.
3: You did. You you just hit a home run. Touch them
1: all. <laughs> yep, like a Pete Alonso blast. The rookie of the year right there. LFGM
3: baby. Yeah.
1: Uh, and also we have, uh, continuing this week, we have all of the polls for the the show of the decade. I think we're on, uh, 2014 right now, I believe. So, uh, keep, remember to keep checking social media and keep voting. Uh, you guys have been participating. You guys have been awesome so far. Uh, we've got a lot of votes in and, uh, the votes so far aren't that surprising. You know, we, uh, the, the shows that we thought were going to be voted heavily, approved, we're, we're voted heavily upon, and, and we're kind of. And this is in a couple of weeks when we get to the top 25 or top 30, that's where we're going to start making tough decisions there. So just remember, head on over to our social media pages on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Live on Four Legs Podcast or Pod, uh, and uh, find out the link. I think it's probably bit.ly/slash the year, whatever year we're doing, say 2013, 2014. PJ shows. So hit us up over there and uh and vote and help us out like a democracy. Go does. Vote. Yeah. Um all right. So MSG storylines going into this, we kind of mentioned expectations were pretty high. Um my That is
3: something I should have mentioned, yeah. That's a very important point.
1: Right, because this is middle of that tour. Where, you know, you you hit all of the southeast places, all of Florida and the Carolinas. And around that time, I believe they had to cancel the Raleigh show because of the yes. bathroom ban in North Carolina. So that's worth mentioning there. There was all that. Uh, and, you know, I, again, this was my 15th show. Uh and this was my
3: ninth show at this point. Okay,
1: so we're per, both pretty much when you get into that range, you're both I think pretty we're, much. We're
3: veterans. We are
1: veterans, yeah. You know, we're not like looking at, you know, nineteen ninety-six and saying, Oh, well, I've been to thirty plus, but there are people that this was probably number fifty or number sixty. Yeah,
3: or but for like people that. our age, I think we're we're veterans at this I,
1: point. Yeah, I would say so. Sure. Um so I had very high expectations. This was the first time in about almost two years that I had seen them, Uh, the last time being Memphis 2014. I believe you saw Global Citizens.
3: I did, which if you even want to consider that a real Pearl Jam show. But yeah, so technically, yes. But my previous show before that would have been Barclays Night 2, right? Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So you, you got a couple of years since you've actually seen a full show. But I think at this point, at least for me, I've become a chaser. Uh, I have songs that are on my checklist. Sure. And I have things that are just like, okay, you know, now's, now's the time where I need Brain of J. Now's the time where I want a deep cut. It's like, searching for that. I know, me too. Damn. It's just, it's, it, I hope it never gets away. That, that that's just just once would be fine it's
3: been uh, hanging around sets but yeah
1: yeah it's it's gonna be tough and same with some of the binaural songs like of the girl and yeah i've
3: only got two binaural songs under my belt that's it's brutal yeah that's really and tough. surprisingly grievance twice one being <laughs> at a uh, night two of msg in 2010 which we just did yeah. and the other at fenway night one 2016 but
1: anyway yeah uh so again chaser expectations are very high you know i th- i feel like philly got 10 so maybe msg could get a fatal or an other side or who knows who knows what they can get it, 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 i think there's the a certain range. we feel
3: like yeah we feel like there's a certain sense of entitlement almost at this point given kind of yeah. how these other shows have gone with Uh, versus in 10, and we come into New York, and everyone, I mean, I just remember the atmosphere at the pre-party, was that, what was it, the Madison Square Tavern, I believe, uh, around the corner from the garden, Uh, both nights, actually, night one and night two, Uh, everyone just, I remember talking with everybody there, Um, shout out Last Exit, they played um, before the show, night one, they had a little uh, pre-party performance going I was on there at the Madison Square so, Tavern upstairs. Yeah. And it was awesome. So I, I was, remember that. It was so good.
1: I was there. That was the wishlist party. Right? It was indeed. Yeah, I was there and I was basically uh my friend. I was staying at a friend's place in the city and I was basically homeless for the day. So I had <laughs> like my charger and, you know, like all I had on me was a hoodie and and the poster that I had just waited in line for for, for a couple hours. And I like went into a booth and I just laid there for like two hours and they kept coming up to me. You sure you don't want anything? Do you want a a drink? Do you want food? I'm like, no, I just want water. I want water. I don't want to watch the Mets game. That's all I wanted out of
3: that. That's code for Randy move. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: So I had to end up calling my friend and being like, hey, can I go back to your apartment and just chill for a little while? Is there like a, uh, you know, a, a security guard that can give me a key or something like that. So I went back, I went back to his place and just hung out until, you know, the show actually, uh, uh started. So I'd rather have had a better situation, a better time, but you know, uh, what, what can you do when you're homeless in the city? I suppose. Uh,
2: I was, it was also- a great time yeah, yeah I, sorry so i've heard
1: <laughs> so i've heard uh but you know i i did put in money to a raffle and uh i didn't get to see what came of it so i could have won you know a vinyl or something like that but uh hey good good on whoever did so um yeah that's i was by myself at this show i was behind the stage uh, so was I. Okay, so we were pretty close in the same section because there's really just one or two sections that uh, that are main, you know, mainstays for the 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 back of the stage. There, uh, I think it's. I, I like being in the back there more than Barclays. I think that there's better uh, sight views. I think.
3: Yeah, I could definitely. I just, I, it's like burned in my brain. I, I definitely remember uh looking down on the stage and being able to see everything so clearly and the screen was really big too. I I, I they they did a very good job with the camera work for these shows yeah. and and finding the different moments on stage that helped bring the performance to life. So they did a uh, yeah really a really good job of finding things that were important to show everyone, especially in the back. You know, when you can't see the front of the stage, see Eddie's face, right. see any of the, any of their faces really so that was good yeah um yeah it wasn't as bad and i remember the like the bridge was like bouncing because when you're behind the stage you're on that chase bridge there, right yeah in the garden and i remember it moving like you could feel it you know i could feel it yeah. i could feel oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. it really was like you really could feel it i was with my one of my my friends anthony um we were sitting there and i just remember like me and him like looking at each other the entire show really like all these great moments. Cause it was, he hasn't been to like a ton of show PJ shows, but he is a big fan. He knows a lot of the music and everything. So it wasn't like he was a first timer or needed to be explained like which song was which et cetera. So, right. but all these songs that he wanted to see and that I knew obviously. So we just kept looking at each other and was, you know, I think that really enhanced a lot of the experience, especially for a show at this point, like we've said, was not a deep cuts collector kind of a show you got a lot of these moments where it's like, you're just there. I, I, you really, for me, I know, you know, you're saying you're there by yourself. You're, you're like chasing a lot of the songs. And yeah. Everything. It's and tougher. when so you're by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, you, you don't have as many people or there's not someone right next to you to kind of bask in the moment and, right. and enjoy it as much as you know, you would with someone else. But I guess that was what I was experiencing and it was nice. And just to be able to, to share the moment with, with, a, you know, a friend and, and to go through that. And it was really the kind of show where I think you just come to, it helped give me a different perspective where you look at someone else reacting to the show yeah. and not just your own perception. It gives you like a different point of view of witnessing and, and appreciating how good oh, they I'll really bring are alive yeah, I'll, I'll and bring everything. Something up so, with
1: that. uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's not really a positive thing, but, uh, uh, I will bring something up when it gets later into the set. So, um, why don't we, why don't we dive right in? And I think this, uh, again, I, I had a sour taste in my mouth about the show because just, you know, for being a spoiled brat and not getting anything new, um, you know, I left this kind of with the sour sourpuss on, uh, this was sort of a redemption for me and, uh, listening to the bootleg, I, I think that I I grew to accept it a little more than I did that day so I'm glad I'm glad that I've I've come around to it because a lot of people do say it's it is a sleeper MSG show so why don't don't we get right into it Um, they take the stage uh, to REM's it happened today which is really cool that was a song that they covered I want to say back in 2011 some point on the Canadian tour like a Winnipeg or Saskatoon or something like that Edmonton Mm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, it, cool to see them. You know, take the stage to that. I think they were doing that a lot in 2016. So, uh, you know, par for the course. But you get right into the set, and right away they're doing the album version of "Go," where it's right, the little which jam. I love. Yeah, it's the little jam in the beginning. Where they did that, and I, I haven't listened to Greenville in a while, so I don't know if they actually did that in Greenville uh, when they actually did verses. But I'm thinking to myself at this point, I'm like, oh, if they're if they're if they're doing this, maybe we're getting verses, or maybe we're getting something special like that. You know, I, I, again, spoiled brat territory there. You know, everything that I yeah. say about that that was just me and my mindset of thinking at the time. And I, I've I've grown and changed as a Pearl Jam fan, uh, but man, this was. I, yeah, I love that.
3: Show. Yeah, I'll just yeah, I love it. I love it, love it, love it that they did this. It's it's so short, and I mean, the big picture, it's like okay, who cares? But it was cool because you never you you don't hear them do that. You know what I mean? No, it's usually you never
1: the, just the banana exactly, na na you get the, and, the, you the, know.
3: the the quiet little symbol into the opening riff, and it was it was a very it was a unique way to start because I love the song Go in general. And to begin it in this way to get that full album experience and everything, it was just so cool. It was very it, it it was a great way to kick to kick things off if you're gonna go the high energy route. You know, you're not going the long road release wash route. You're gonna go sure the go out the go route or you know, something faster. Uh this was a, a very cool way to break into things. Yeah, it was this was great.
1: And that should be mentioned for most of the shows on this tour, they would open with something like a Corduroy or a Y-Go, or uh, I think they open even outside of the the 10 Adelphia show. I think they were opening with once uh, every other show. So, you know, this was kind of the standard for for this tour. So to get to get go and just like just a little something extra on it that was, you know, a throwback to the album. Awesome. Loved yep. it. It's probably going to end up being in my top three moments of the show. So uh, fantastic. Tight, tight version of the song, too. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get into Mind Your Manners, Corduroy, Hail, 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 Given a Fly, all in a row here. Uh, what's your what's your overall take on this early uh, section? I, I thought it was a very solid perform section um i know you have something about mind your manners being played second yeah
3: so the main thing i would say besides the mind your manners point is ed's voice is not pristine to start by any means i think he's actually it's taking him a little bit of of time to get going to get loosened up he he sounds like he's straining a bit in go in given to fly even he sounds a little like he's reaching and and trying to hit these notes with a, with a lot of effort. Uh, like he just right. hasn't really reached the point
1: where he's comfortable just yet. He's also not worrying about it too much though. I think he's just kind of he's soaking in the energy and sure. soaking in the atmosphere that, you know, if if he's kind of having a down night, he's not barred down by it. He's not thinking about it at all. That's my take. Definitely. From that, I yeah.
3: And I think there is a certain you know, I know these guys have played every, you know, any any place imaginable and they've played for, you know, all these different crowds for the last 30 years. But, they, you know, you're playing in the Garden. I think there's a sense of like, okay, a little little nerves. You know, there could be some nerves there. You're coming out a, yeah. little, a little tight and, and wanting to, 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 to loosen up a little bit and, it, and you're a little, you know, shaky to start. I get it. I get it. You know, they're human. So that could be part of it too. Um, but, yeah, mind your matters in the two-hole here. Not a fan. Not a fan. The transition from go into mind Your manners is, I I, I just I just not a fan of it. I would much rather it be third, like flip flop, make it go corduroy mind Your manners, or just pull it out, just take it out, and
1: I think I would have been okay even push with it go later corduroy, in the set. Hail hail minor manners, sure sure because that's it, it, a good transition into giving a fly there
3: yeah yeah or how about you know t- play go corduroy hail hail take a quick break he does his little spiel and then you break in him on your manners sure. Th- that i can okay. take i just it, it, it's when you hear it i i don't know how to i don't really know how else to describe it to my ear listening back is it to this
1: too common is is it is it Part of they the... play
3: your matters second all the time at this point. They were playing your matters right. second like every single show, almost
1: every single. It's show. so yeah, ba- every <laughs> show. You
3: know, I don't want to sound like that guy, but it's so basic. You know, like right. I, I don't know. Is I, I, that, I don't... is it
1: more of that or is it more of performance based? That's... Um, the performance is
3: okay. Uh, he, uh, does it, I'm trying to remember what the scream like. The I judge a lot of minor matters performances on his scream at the end. <laughs> because if he hits that it it kind of seals it for me i think it was a pretty good one so that that kind of makes up for it but big picture if we're gonna be nitpicky here and and, and i think this is a perfect show where we can be a a little nitpicky as far as set placement because there is nothing. my favorite thing to do sure and there is because like i said there is nothing overly unique about this show um that would be one of that's one of my biggest uh criticisms of the show in the set as right. far as set placement i would not have put this here like i said even if you want to put it like later in this first set like in the middle of the first set i don't care i just don't like the transition and put plopping it right between go hell hell given a fly you know or go go corduroy hell hell given a fly it just doesn't doesn't mesh doesn't mesh for yeah. me to my ear I, but. I
1: yeah i i i care to agree with you um i think putting it after hell, hell would have been cool. Uh, I'm fine with that. But, um, you know, going to Corduroy would have been amazing. And I think that um, I always mention on the show that Corduroy is your holy shit, I'm at a Pearl Jam moment. Uh, I I kind of broke down uh, at that moment. I do remember he, just hearing Corduroy. I got so excited that I started just, I, I started getting emotional. And, and that was the moment where I really felt like, wow it's been so long since i fucking saw them and had that have it happen uh you know 2020 perhaps uh it's probably going to happen again when i hear corduroy third or fourth or whenever they play it uh that's probably going to be the moment i realize holy shit i haven't been there since fucking boston of two thousand eight. yeah so. and correct
3: me if i'm wrong he does uh call back to the i can feel it yep. you know yeah. let me feel it kind of a of ...line toward the end of the breakdown in Corduroy going into the last, uh, you know, the solo there. Much right. like, you know, obviously for, just to throw it out there, MSG, May 21st, 2010, MSG 2, the show that we just did. Uh, one of the most famous MSG moments, uh, probably, for the band. So, that was he, cool. Here's
1: a th- Here's another thing that, about this show, I feel like they're doing a lot of callbacks to they're you know they're big moments they're big msg past moments instead of trying to make new msg moments you know mm-hmm. they're trying with corduroy they're trying you know they they say before do the evolution They're they're saying all right it's about to get seismic up yep. in here um better man they do it two nights in a row they're trying to get that energy from that better man uh that was at that uh night two show from 2010 it just you know, really nitpicky, but and these are all songs that usually get played anyway. He plays
3: the end again.
1: Yeah, like
3: rats. Try, as usual, try
1: something else. Right. Try to don't try to recreate what worked before. Try making something new work. Sure. I think that was a little to me. That was a little bit. I think uh, it's an extremely valid why.
3: criticism. I think it's a, yeah. a certainly a valid point. That is right. a common Especially thread. For, through this entire show,
1: yeah, especially for somebody that had been to, you know, the last three MSG shows, you know, I, and both Barclay Center shows, I had that big expectation and sort of I kind of knew the trends at the time. So you know, we we know what's up, and and you know, we want something a little different, which they usually do for most places. Yeah. So, um, all right. So after so that, guess that's what a
3: low light now. it's So he takes a break he, after giving a fly, right?
1: Yes, yeah. and you know he says good evening, and he says it, you know fortunate to be back there after six years. Talks about the history of the building a little bit, and then he thanks uh, Billy Joel for letting them uh, for taking the right. night off and letting them stay, which is uh, a really cool nod for anybody that knows Billy Joel plays MSG. He has basically a residency there, uh, once or twice a month, I would say. It's once a um, month. Yeah, once a month. But he also has started
3: touring again now, like going to other cities and everything, so.
1: Right, right. After that speech, uh, you get low light here, and it's a little bit of a tide reversal where, you know, you can – get these songs in the middle of the set that usually go, you know, one, two, three if you're doing a slow burn. Uh, you do get low light and then after low light, that's the real surprise. Yeah. Uh but low light sound sounds great and, you know, they played this in the middle of the set a lot in two thousand and ten, so it's not like it's uncommon, but at this point it had become a one, two, three type song. So uh, you know, good Jeff back vocal- vocals you know this is this is great for kind of that cool cool down you know going into even flow type thing
3: definitely um i think it's interesting that it's like a traditional opener reversed and that you go from you know what would it would typically be like a release into low light it becomes low right. light into release here where they play release in the right. seven hole and then that goes into even flow so that's weird interesting
0: it
1: was v- very interesting
0: this one goes out to Jen and Tim to Jen and Tim.
3: doesn't work but it's not it's good it's cool but it's not
1: great i
3: like it is
1: what it is it's it's cool it's different i was really when when they went into it i felt like i felt like i kind of knew that it was coming but again like i'm like what the fuck is this doing here like release you don't belong here Mm -hmm. but also you have to think that you know again 10 adelphia the night uh, or a couple nights prior, they're playing release middle of the set then. Well, so that's a, probably, that's a
3: special circumstance.
1: I know, but they're probably thinking at that that point, you know what? Hey, this worked really well coming from deep. I believe it was in the Breaker Fall. Why don't we try doing this again? If we want to start the show off with uh, the intro from Go, we want to bring back the magic of release, and I believe it was dedicated to some people. So, yeah, uh, you know, MSG... You get at the garden, you get released mid-set. Like, that's one of your holy shit moments for the night.
3: It's it's definitely one of the more unique moments of the show, that's for sure, because there really aren't many, and it's a very cool moment. And I think anytime time you get release seventh or in the middle of any set, like, uh, these days is sure. rare. Yeah, I, I, so
1: I don't think it ever happens at all. Uh, you know, I will have, I'll have to, I'd have to go to the numbers, but I thought I checked before. And if it's not you being used as an opener song, then it's probably two or three. So yeah, definitely one of the very few, like, Hey, specific Madison square guard only in the garden type moments. You know, that's, that's how I see this. So, uh, very cool. Uh, good version, you know, very passionate crowd mm-hmm. and uh you know, if you watch the video on YouTube, uh the guys that are periscoping it are like, Holy shit, we just got release in the middle of the set, can you believe it? So yeah, that's that's a moment that you remember from this show. Uh and that took us into even flow, which is, you know, it's it's good it's as what usual. It is. Uh, really good mic solo. Really good mic solo, really good drum solo from Matt in this one as well. Yep. Um, and you also have Ed throwing the mic to a fan in the crowd whose name is Kenneth. And he got to do the ending chorus on that. So that was pretty cool. Indeed. And at the end there, Ed says, uh, hey, if we need somebody to fill in later, we uh, we know who can uh, back us up. So mm-hmm. that was a cool little moment. Yeah. And uh, uh, they'll call back to Kenneth later as well. Um, that brings us into a little section here with I Got Shit in Hiding and, you know, a little talking break and then Rats and Down, uh, what's... is
3: my first time getting I Got Shit, so that was okay. cool. Okay,
1: yeah, real energetic and crisp sounding for this, um, you know... I, yeah, this is a cool
3: I, little run here, this four-song stretch here, 9 through 12. Yeah. So it's I Got Shit in Hiding, Rats, Down. Um, yeah. I Got Shit is... It's like a weird tempo song. Kind of goes up and down. You know, starts out slow, and it's kind of all over the place. And they do that dramatic ending where they right. hold out the the chords and just kind of strum away really hard until the song ends. And that gets you into "In Hiding." I think "In Hiding" is one of the more underrated and under the radar sing along songs. Yes, that we don't really talk about as much as we probably should.
2: I swore. Oh we'll
1: Writing is kind of a wild card where you don't really know how the crowd is going to respond to it. It's a bit of a deep cut off a yield. People don't, uh, you know, depending on what kind of crowd is it is, are they going to gravitate towards a song like this? And this crowd, I felt like they did. Uh, oh, I feel like sure. there was really good crowd participation there. So um, I'm happy to get that. I, and you know, I think the only real thing there with this section, you know, uh, rats was dedicated to. Dustin Hoffman, who was in the crowd, which I didn't realize, so that was kind of cool. I did, uh, <laughs> as he says, Enrique Rizzo or whatever his yeah. uh, character name from Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, right. Um, and of course, obligatory rats. That they yeah, have just to do. it's
3: just become a New York staple for the band. Yep, it's just um, something they they just have to play. It seems like every time they come here, so that was cool.
1: Yeah, uh, and I, that's something I, I, I've grown t- – at this point, I've grown to expect it. I, I know that they're going to do rats at one of these two shows. And I like
3: rats anyway, so I have no problem with it. So. I
1: have absolutely no problem with it, especially knowing how rare it is uh, outside of these. Um, but, but Down was like the one thing on the show that I'm thinking like, okay, if they do a Lost Dog, I've been seeing Down a real lot in the past couple of times, uh, that I went and I want something like sad. I want something, if not more rare, just something that I hadn't seen before. And it feels like down is the common song of all the lost dogs. So it was, you know, in this setting where I'm, you know, thinking about it and really thinking about wanting to chase and, and thinking about what I should be, getting to, to fill my card yeah exactly but as sure. far as performance wise you know i don't really have anything performance wise about any of i mean these songs. ed
3: forgets the lyrics throughout the show i mean yeah it's this become was more and more common did. just in general but in yeah. this show in particular he's pretty forgetful that's actually something we probably should mention he i mean he misses a lot of lines right. throughout the show um yeah i i agree with you i down is a song that i enjoy I do like it. I love the little like reggae ska part at the end. Na, na, yeah.
2: da, na, 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 na.
3: Love that. Very cool. Um, I wish I they would do to... the
1: intro for it though. I wish they would do that. Da, na, 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 na. But they never yeah. do it live. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Just one of those things that you know right. things change when you translate from the studio to live. But of course. Uh, just to put it in perspective, I, you know we've been to a lot of the same shows. Uh, this was the eighty ni- uh, eighth time. That it was played live. Um, They've now played it 97, so they've played it nine more times after this show, and this was only 2016. So it has become growingly, you know, more and more common since it was released in what, oh two, you know, three, whatever. Um, And we've seen it two more times after that. So I've seen it four times total now. This was the second Uh, of four.
1: Okay, I think I've seen it six or seven, if I'm not mistaken.
3: But but just goes to show you, it's it's common. And they had already right. played it on the tour. It was played on April ninth. Mm-hmm.
2: So, I would have liked sad.
3: It's in the mix. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just give me, give something, me something a little give
2: different. Me something new. Right. I need
0: they something
1: different. <laughs> <laughs> they played. Uh, they played down. I believe the first night of MSG in two thousand ten, and I think they played down at one of the Barclay Center shows. They, I mean, they did. Have, they played at night too. Yeah. So just just know just know that just, I think the band needs to understand that sometimes. And I think they do, they think they do a really good job of it, but also it's kind of, they go by feel and what they're feeling and what they feel, feel like the crowd is feeling, you know, and uh, uh, you know, for all of the serious collectors, like we were down is not necessarily the one that we're, we're clamoring for at this point. But again, we're different. I feel like both of us are different fans now than we were back then. So uh, things may be different different had it been 2019 so things were Um, different then randy all is all is different now
3: (laughs) motherfucker tried to explain
1: somehow Somehow. i hope this works somehow Uh, (laughs) this is a this is a cool moment here Uh, you get this little intro uh dangerous business um this is a song written by paul williams who is the same guy who wrote uh, like a bunch of Carpenter songs and The Rainbow Connection. Uh, and I believe this was a song that was used in a movie, and I don't remember the name to the movie. So if, uh, if it's somebody... It's another
3: movie starring Dustin Hoffman.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, there's the connection. That's awesome.
3: It says, this song from the much-maligned film... Uh, oh, maybe it's Ro- uh, Ishtar says that yeah, it's the song it, that's... from the much maligned film Ishtar starring Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman as two hapless singer-songwriters who in the Hope Crosby style find themselves soon on the road to Morocco. The believably yeah. bad songs were written by songwriter Paul Williams. There you go.
1: Huh. Alright. And that's uh, the intro for Wishlist.
0: Tell the truth. Is business honest and popular don't go hand in hand. If you admit that you can play your corny, and no one will have you in a rock and roll. Yeah.
3: It all I write wish list off at this point.
1: See, here's the thing: when I hear it live, I'm like, I, I don't really want to hear it when I'm there live, and that's how I'm thinking at this point. But when I hear it back on a bootleg, I'm like, wow, this is a damn good live song, and I should appreciate it a lot more.
3: It is. It, listen, it's a good song. I like the. It's not one of my favorites kinda- at all. No, it's I, it's not one of my favorites, but I like it. But I like it better when it's slow. It's just too fast, man. It's See, too fast. this is fast. One I don't like
1: slow. This is what I don't like slow. No, it's, it's I just... I think slow is really boring for this song. Uh,
3: I would take the studio version over the live version these days every uh, single time. Every uh, single time. Not A- for this agree, one. Agree, disagree, yeah. I just, yeah, that's... I can't. I can't. It's too fast. Just, sorry and he messes up the words again and it's it's just not it's not good i'm sorry right it, it, i'll leave lucky. this one
1: yeah i i think it's i i think it, it's a win for me but yeah he does mess up some of the lyrics uh and then gets a little political at the end which is also something mm-hmm. that he's done at an msg show before when obama was running um he gets into you know basically fuck ted cruz fuck uh fuck trump and gets into the size of their uh, uh penises and <laughs> then you know says that he feels the burn and you know it, it's it's politically Natured stuff that was uh very heavy in uh discussion at the time and really mm-hmm. uh we're about to get into it again so uh you know if that's your thing then hopefully uh, tour coming bu- buckle up yep uh i think we can so, lump
3: these this next group of songs together pretty much I, the whole yeah, rest I would of the say first like set.
1: kind of the end yeah uh, so it's
3: jeremy evolution why go lucan and rearview mirror so that's right, fourteen through eighteen here. Yeah, and I and it's, honestly it's don't. Standard. I don't think I have like anything to add here, other than in evolution he says the seismic thing and yeah, you know he actually does a really good howl in the beginning of evolution here, which is not that common anymore. He's right, kind of amped up at the end of Jeremy going into evolution, and he lets out a big, massive howl, which is pretty cool. But outside of that, I really got nothing to add, except maybe one. I will say Lucan. Disaster lyrically he doesn 't say any of the words it 's one of no, the mumble versions of lucan yeah there are times now where he will remember the words or or he'll like focus on the words and and get them out in a coherent fashion this was not. this is not one of those times. it is a mumbled disaster uh going into rearview mirror and uh, rearview mirror was good good way to end Rearview rear uh, mirror the first was set. excellent
1: yeah, I yeah. felt like this was a really fantastic rearview mirror um Jeremy though. I have a little story on Jeremy. So the guy that was sitting next to me, uh, there was some seat jumbling around, but he, when I, when I went to my seat, this guy sitting next to me, you know, just I'm by myself. So whatever, I'm going to talk to whoever. And he kind of taps me. And he's like, I just got my ticket today. Like cool, man. Awesome. Sounds good. And he's like, cost me $300. Like fantastic, dude. Have a swell time. <laughs> he did not make a fucking peep until jeremy swear to god did not really? make a peep yep he, and like was there even flow hit, uh maybe a little bit but wow. he was by, he was by himself too and he kind of like when jeremy came on he kind of did like this little fist pump and he was like yeah my <laughs> jam i don't know if he was just kind of like playing it cool before that but he seemed like the kind of guy that like wanted to brag that he was going to a Pearl Jam show and spent a lot of money to do it and, uh, didn't know jack shit. So, uh, well teach their own. Yep. If the guy ended up listening to a podcast, sorry, I called you out, but sometimes we call these people (laughs) out. It's for everybody else's entertainment. Uh, but yeah, this section is, it's really, it's pretty standard. You kind of lose, why go a little bit um i feel like it's kind of forgetful in this section especially with Lucan coming after it i think that's a little bit of a weird transition when why go is usually a penultimate set song or a finishing set song uh but rearview mirror saves the end of the set and has a real lot of energy and really the ending to rearview mirror sounds fantastic in this one encore uh ed is bantering a lot and he yeah. spots a mets jersey in the crowd which of course we're going to mention and ask if uh if the guy's wearing a mookie wilson jersey and apparently the guy is wearing a mookie wilson jersey so which is uh, so awesome that, i know <laughs> that, that i love that the mets had fan to, to enemy is mookie, like oh eddie talking about say- the
3: mets and mookie wilson in new york it's like uh oh. Love you, know,
1: it. you know, it's it's funny because he talks so much about the Cubs and he talks about the Mariners sometimes and and sometimes there are other teams that, you know, like maybe the Padres or something like that. But... The
3: Bulls and the Bears and
1: oh, he talks about the Red Sox a ton too. I Red think Sox. that's like his American league team outside of the Mariners, but he's never really talked about the Mets. I just, I would love to sit there, have a conversation with him about what he thinks about the Mets and like what players he likes from the Mets. Cause I feel, I feel like that's a conversation he'd, he'd love to have, you know?
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, I think he's just a baseball fan in general. I'm sure he, that's knows. what I'm saying. Yeah. He knows the superstars and he knows all these guys and everything. He follows along. He knows what he's talking about.
1: And he also followed along as a kid too. Too, so, definitely you know.
3: I mean, he references all these old players all the time you know especially right. the Wrigley shows and everything
1: it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah his favorite uh Jose Cardinal his favorite Indeed. uh cub of all time yeah Afro. yep exactly yeah pretty pretty cool that he always brings up like you know the the blue collar guys that mm-hmm. he likes so you know that's just a little baseball banter for uh you know off season that we don't really get to see baseball stuff happening right now so uh Let's go, Mets. um we start off the encore here with the end uh has kind of an open mic night feel to it. it definitely feel- does
3: it, that's a yeah, very I- good way of putting it and i'm I was about to say I don't know how to describe how this <laughs> song like the vibe of this performance, but that is the perfect way to. Uh, sum up how he performs this song. and
1: Right, and it's also the crowd, too. You can hear, like, kind of the crowd talking, you know, the, in the YouTube version at least, you can hear the crowd kind of talking uh, amongst themselves during it. So it, it's kind of like he's just playing in a crowded bar.
3: Yeah, and The End is a song that I think, and I, I think I said this in the uh, the MSG2 show for 2010 when we did it, it's one of those songs that I I think is so underappreciated. It is such a beautiful song lyrically and musically that is so it just flies under the radar i mean this is like a masterpiece for eddie to me i think that not a lot of people really think about rounding out backspacer not the most popular album in their discography by any means the mo one of the slowest songs they've ever written outside of maybe um around the bend or something, you know, like yeah. an off he goes, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, yeah. It's a really emotional song and is a really beautiful song. It is a bit depressing. And he even says that he's like, all right, you know, we have a lot of high energy. We've got to throw a downer in there. We might as well throw it in there now. Yeah. So, so he gets yeah. that in there. But performance wise, yeah, it's very raw. You know, he, he's like, it's just him and his guitar. He's so loose. With sitting, it. sitting in a bar, playing it in the corner for a small group of people, which is cool. To, to, I think there's to a channel... verse where he
1: comes in a little later, a little early on, or he repeats like a verse no, or something no, like that. So would... he
3: he starts playing the second verse, but he's not singing it. Right, his vocals okay. come in late on the second verse. That's that's what, that what happens. it was. Yeah, and okay. it's um, it is the the ability to channel that kind of energy, like you're playing it in a small club to a couple of different people to mm-hmm. the garden, is so cool. Which then um, unless you have something else to add on the end, leads us right into the most no. pleasant surprise probably of the yeah. entire show. Which I agree. We, we were both there for the live premiere of this song yeah. at Wrigley in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so along with Lightning Bolt, Future Days makes its debut in 2013, and we get it here. Um, it has only been played 16 times ever. Was it wasn't really that far? Now. Jeez. And this was the last time they've played it. They have not wow. played it since this night. So, this was 16 out of 16. Um, it was actually the third. So, for us, I think it would be the same. We've seen it three times. And this was, of course, the third out of the three times. Um, right. So, be, I think it was Wrigley, um, Barclays One 2. Of the yeah. yeah, Barclays 2. And now this in this show um, so yeah so here's
1: my big takeaway from this song so the other two times that we saw it especially the one other time with boom boom is playing in a style that sounds like a church organ which mm-hmm. is not typically how it's played on the album but this version has like this very rich new york billy joel neil simon play kind it, of feel. it really to it.
3: does it does. yeah
1: it's really cool it's sounding
3: different it, it's like so different
0: You, I'd surely lose my Everything I have found here i have not found by myself Try and sometimes you'll succeed To make this man of me Oh, my stolen, missing parts I've no need for Anymore, I believe, and I believe, cause I can see our future day. days, days of you and me.
3: It doesn't even sound
1: like a Pearl Jam song no I mean, honestly it, it sounds like a cover the way it's played, and, you know when you listen to the Matt's album doing a couple things on that too that, yes uh, it's a different rhythm the, to he, it as well
3: he, yep yep the drum style is it's like jazzy it's just so it's really good I mean this really is a really yeah. underrated really like one of the best moments of the entire show and I can't believe we're saying that about future but it's true no it's really Not... true
1: not because, either of our favorite
3: songs definitely but. not but when you play the way that the, that it's played on the album and it's like the standard run-of-the-mill version it does not stand out it's kind of no. boring it's sappy it's and you even says he goes ending... i wrote this for my you know he's like i wrote this for my wife like okay right. that's fine i don't have no. i have no problem with that i don't need to hear that live every time which they don't play that often obviously but when you, you get play like also this
1: ending album songs uh back to back
3: and, and i said kinda... this to you these songs are like cousins you know, or yeah. like brothers or sisters, Pretty whatever much. whatever you want to call yeah. it. They're, they're like, they're related. Um, they round out the albums, back-to-back albums, and they're both like sentimental, kind of yeah. sappy, emotional songs. Right. And I love the end. I, I, I like the end a lot more than Future Days, but I would take Future Days a lot more often at shows they if they played it like, it like this. this.
1: Absolutely, definitely.
3: I mean, it's yeah. it's it's good stuff.
1: Some more stuff in this encore here. This is really where I become a spoiled brat, and <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, ah, I've seen the end. I've seen Future Days a bunch, and then I get off. He goes in footsteps, and these are two of my top five favorite songs. So this is how much of a brat I am. I'm thinking to myself, this is the rare songs that we're getting tonight. This is it. I got. I got nothing there's nothing else everything else that's going to happen tonight is going to be pretty common and i this is where my mood goes from like pretty happy in the first set like that you know we got a a good performance but now i'm just like you know even two of the songs that i absolutely cherish the most i i'm just like no give me Give me something like a man of the hour that I haven't heard before. I'm being really, really selfish at this point.
3: Yeah. Um. I listen. I I I did not have the same perspective as you on this night, and we've mentioned that. So, from your point of view, I get it. I especially you know if you've seen these songs, it's it's you know and you want to try to be a little bratty about it. I I yeah. I get it. I don't. I'm not saying I would be, but I get where you're coming from. <laughs> But right. for me, in this moment, I had never seen Off He Goes, so this is my personal debut for Off He Goes. So okay. That was cool. But that's fair. And Footsteps is awesome. One of my favorite songs. Absolutely love it. As soon as that harmonica kicks in, like gives you chills every time. It was yeah. so good. Such a good performance. They nail it. Um, yeah, I'm not so saying I that I didn't. Yeah, I'm not saying that I. No,
1: didn't I know. You're like. not saying that
3: the perfor- You're not saying the performance was bad. You're just saying, no, literally, uh, like my the song mindset. selection. Yeah, Yeah,
1: from my mindset at the time. And it's not even like I go into this looking at it in a different perspective that, you know, on a bootleg, I'm like, off he goes in footsteps. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, from the time, all I can think of was just. Like, I wanted something that I didn't get, and I was being selfish. Yeah, so, you're ready
3: for your, your like, game-changing moment, mind-blowing exactly. moment here. Something that's going to make exactly. the show memorable shit. and be like, oh my god, this is actually happening moment right now. Right. I got it. I, I understand. Like,
1: Brooklyn, Brooklyn Night One, the only, you know, it was pretty standard. I I kind of compare these two shows together, but that had Oceans and Sleight of oceans. Hands. Oceans, yep. Like, really, songs I, I hadn't seen before or since, so you know, those were big moments for me. So here's here's what I would like to pose to the audience. Uh write in to live on four legs at gmail dot com. If you've had kind of your moment, like where, you know, you're, you know, ten to fifteen shows in and you get to a show and you're like, man, they're just not they're not playing anything new for me and this is kind of a buzzkill, even though this is a good show. Uh if you had that moment, tell us your story, want to hear it. And I think you know a good percentage of fans would probably say that you know that they, they are chasers Self admitted chasers, and that you know, maybe they have been to a show where they were expecting more and they didn't quite get it. So, if you had that moment, let us know what show it was, let us know what your experience was live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. We'll always love to hear from you if you have anything else from this show or other shows that we've covered in the past that you'd like to talk about, send us a line and we'd be happy to talk to you. So, um, continuing on with the encore, this is I was just incredibly jaded and such a jerk at this point. I, I, I called my shot and I said right after footsteps, I'm like, they'll probably do Chloe dancer Clown, crown of thorns. I said to the guy next to me who I started talking to a little bit, who said the same thing that he thought that sad was a better choice than down. Uh, and I'm like, Chloe, Chloe crown here. And cause that was another one that I had been seeing a real lot around this ding, time. Ding and ding Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, fuck, I ruined it for myself. Uh, you know, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I it I, look, I, I, I see, I see this one a lot. So I, I guess to me again, like, yeah, it's a rare song in the grand scheme. Of well, things, I don't think you've seen it, it since then. I have not seen it since then, but I actually Chloe time, has not, has
3: not been played since this night and crown of oh, thorns wow. has only been played once since this night.
1: And that was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I would think. A little bit differently about it now, but that 2013 tour, I think I saw it two or three times, and that's including the Barclays Wrig- Night One, Barclays Night One, Wrigley, and uh, Hartford. Right, played it. So like I've I've had my film Yeah, you've had your fill, like, yeah. very short amount of time so not that it was bad uh you know it's very emotional and obviously you know john says this all the time uh they usually play this these songs when whenever they're in a building that they feel like andy would have loved playing in and madison square garden of course that's that's the one right there so yeah. you know it's it's significant and meaningful and it's good I mean, I and
3: like, they i thought they did a good job i thought it was a good performance of both too
1: yeah Yeah. um, I think I called my shot on this one too. I said, all right, we need something a little more uplifting. Uh, How about an unthought known? And again, it is kind of predictable and I'm being a little bit of a brat here, of course, but um, you know, it's good. It's a good decision and I think the predictability of it is not a bad thing. It's just, you, you look at all these sets and you kind of, Uh, figure out routine sometimes even within all of the changes that they make night in night out. You kind of can see where, where the ebbs and flows are going to be and unthought known while it might be predictable, it it works really well here. So, you know, I think this is another one where the lyrics were just, he, he says he sings the swallowed whole line, I think two or three times. So, Mm It's a, you know, it's not his best performance on it, but it's not a terrible per- performance by any standard.
3: It, it's a song that, I don't know. I enjoy it. It's fine. I don't need it every show. They play it a ton, man. They I do. Mean, they play it and a I think lot. It,
1: and I have I've I like it. I, I like hearing it. I think it, it's got a lot of positive energy to it. I
3: mean, it um, came out in 2009. They played it 132 times already.
1: Look, I, 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 it's one of the ones that stuck around from it, and there's a good reason. You get people clapping. You get people singing along. It's got a lot of positive energy. It, it's good, but I think f- you're probably thinking on, like, this is pretty standard par for the course kind of set basic. Yeah. Right? 100%.
3: Yeah. And, and it's, it's in that point in the show, like, that, you know, the encore part where you're breaking away from the slower. It's like this changes the mood. You know, Chloe, right. Chloe Crown of Thorns is like, it's like, they're going to stand up when they play it, but it's still like, you're in this mindset where you're kind of like, I don't know, it's you're still, still related down, yeah. to the toned down part of like the acoustic part of the sure. encore. The sure. unthought known is in a hole where it's like, you could have plugged like a why go in here or a given the fly in here. Right. And you kind of, you get the upbeat mood. Back in. Unthought Known it kind of fills that hole here to me.
1: Right. And right.
3: just to give you the numbers, um, Unthought Known, 132 times total, is far and away the most played song um, off of Backspacer. Got Some is second, 111. Oh. Just Breathe is third, 110. And Unthought Known has been played 60.6% of the shows since it was debuted.
1: That's wow. I mean, it so speaks vol, but it speaks indulgent. volumes to the song and, you know, how people have reacted to it since it came out from Backspacer. So this is one of the few that like, yeah, I don't want to hear it every single night, but give it to me once every three shows and I'll be really happy, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it'll it'll be, you know it's, it's a standard part of the set now. And you know, I'm, I'm fine with it and we'll get, we'll get to another song in a little bit that kind of fits the same mold. Uh, but as we continue on here, here's one that, uh, doesn't make the set and hasn't made the set since or before. Uh, Ed is kind of saying that this is a birthday request for a friend. And the friend says, uh, that he's not as good as this singer. And then Ed's like, well, I'm not, I'm no Lou Rawls. And he does a little Lou Rawls yeah, imitation the there. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's got the baritone going, so
2: he's he's, he's on par. It's with a football, funny
1: little it's
3: a funny little speech that he gives. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it gets into something totally unexpected. Doing uh, the Doobie Brothers, taking it to the streets. <laughs> I, Ed pulling off his best uh, impersonation what, what, What'd you think?
3: It's good i like it a lot i remember my friend really loved it he's like wait he's like they're playing the doobie brothers he's like what (laughs) i was like yeah i can't believe it either like this is i've never seen this before um and yeah i mean you said it we've never seen it since and i don't think we'll ever see it again
1: (laughs) this was a a
3: one-time only thing and uh it was it was cool they they i mean they only played like what like a minute 45 two minutes of it
1: not very long it's like a
3: verse chorus verse chorus like you Get like two verses right. and two choruses, and then that's it. Um, right. But I think what's more notable is the transition. Oh, the <laughs> you transition go from taking great. it to the streets into whipping. Taking it to- I mean, it sounds like something you'd make up, like to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to make a set. You know what? Just for the, for shits, I'm going to say they're going to play Taken into the Streets by the Doobie Brothers tonight. And then right <laughs> the after that, I'm going to follow man. that up with a rousing rendition of Whipping when it hasn't, <laughs> when at this point, it hadn't been played in 17 shows <laughs> right. until this night. So, yeah, I, this is quite a bizarre uh, turn here in the middle of the first encore. But Whipping is good, and then that gets you into The Better Man. So this is yeah vitality back to back here whipping better man, yep. Um, little saver for later tag in there. Uh, pretty standard performance of better man and nothing. Yeah, it, do- it, it doesn't quite capture the same magic as the no um, previous garden show that we've dwelled on endlessly. Um, porch hashtag I hate fast porch, it is terrible. Please go back to or a uh, slow porch rather. Uh, hate slow porch. Please go back to faster normal ten version of porch, please. And then that rounds out the um, first encore. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty lengthy jam there at the end of Porch. Tons of riffing and
2: feedback and drumming.
1: Yeah, I think the Porch at the end, look, Eddie's running around and he's getting up on the amps and and he's getting into the crowd and stuff like that. I I think it's fun, you know, like this is... Look, for all of the criticism that we have of of Slow Porch and Riffy Porch or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, once they get into like the real meaty section of the bridge, uh, I think Porch can sound really good still. Uh, while it's not it doesn't have that stage diving mentality that it used to. Uh, it can still you know, it still felt like a party and you got the orbs going back and forth that they're swinging, you know, it, it's, you got to have a garden party here. And I feel like this, this really felt like it was, it
3: did. Yeah. And they so. still got, they still have the globes or the orbs at this right. point. So that adds to the fun. And, yep. um, that gets us encore into two encore here. two and a little, Only uh, play to the back here.
1: Yeah. Um, elderly elderly woman uh i got i got nothing really on elderly woman i I got nothing on a lot of these encore two songs i think they're yeah, really this is it's a very standard choice i'll make it's,
3: two points here uh two quick points one being that in elderly woman th- the modern version versions of elderly woman ed does the um the part toward the end of the song the, uh, way our hearts the, he you know goes high in that last mm-hmm. line there every time now when he can he nails it
2: here
3: Uh, sometimes where his voice kind of gives out these days where he it's so high that if he just doesn't hit it perfectly it's like his voice cracks and kind of gives out. Not here. So that was good. He hits it like solidly right in tune, right in key. It's perfect. What do you think about
1: Lightning Bolt being
3: in the second encore? That was my second point. So Lightning Bolt here same thing as the second night right? The second encore, the second song is Lightning Bolt right yeah
1: that's just that's so the one thing we, weird. Don't, we don't bring up about this show cuz i think we're going to bring it up when we do night 2 in a month yeah right uh, i didn't want to bring
3: it up too much because there's a lot of similarities so between the two shows repeat. but this is one i think we have to mention because it is yeah. so bizarre and i just don't get it it's I,
2: well, not look, an I,
3: encore song like at least not, not a
1: second encore song i i think where where you placed unthought known is the place that you would place lightning bolt if you're putting it in an encore part you could have
3: flip-flopped them
1: sure sure and it Mm -hmm. would have had the same feel to it but again you're kind of it's like for the fan that's chasing a little bit you, you sort of You kind of think that in the encores, you're going to get something a little different. You're going to get something a little rare when you get lightning bolt. That's sort of you're pulling out your common card there. And it's a little bit disappointing when they do that. But look, performance wise, I love the song. I got nothing against the song. But, you know, as far as being a chaser and and wanting to hear certain stuff and wanting them to mix it up, it was it was disappointing that they, they didn't mix it up that much. Yeah, that's. You know, so unfortunately, that's that's what happens when you go to a bunch of shows. You're going to get similarities between you know the many that you've gone to. So it just feels uh, so but, out of place. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, a little bit. You're talking like elderly, like
3: take it out. Like let's put it that way. Take it out. Elderly woman, black, alive, rocking indifference. Like doesn't that just right. sound better to you go on paper?
1: From sing along to very upbeat to kind of slow sing along it's just all over the place. Up.
3: it's yeah, just it all over the place like you can get away is. with black and alive back back to back sure like i have no problem with that i think that's Two a really classics, combo. like it's fine but yeah. like you throw lightning bolt before it and then you just have the sing along with elderly elderly woman it just ugh. ed was a little off with the the set placement in this one yeah but, um yeah i don't really have anything to add for the rest of the show um no
1: look it's, cool getting black indifference
3: is... you know only it was only the second time i had indifference at this point we you know the other one was to close out barclay's night one so that was cool uh right. free world's fine black was really f- good free World, Mike free World had a really good
1: energy to it yeah
3: um just mike i mean absolutely destroys black at the end yeah. i mean just oh, he goes in like insane like a great example of a good black solo for for Mike there at the end, I mean, just like out of this world, this really. Also, really
1: good. this version of Black, I feel like. You know, sometimes where you get kind of like deeper emotional blacks, this was very, you know, come on, come on, everybody. Let's sing along mm-hmm. with us instead mm-hmm. of like, let's, let's focus on a mood. Yep. Um, yep. I, I think I like black when it's a little bit more emotional. Yeah. When it has, you know, like when they're tapping into something sort of deep. Uh, this one was just like, let's play it and let's have everybody sing along, which is okay, which is fine. But yeah. it doesn't stand out from the pack. Totally get your point. As much. 100%. Yeah. So and the rest of the set, it's you know, it, it's your bre- bread and butter standard uh, very live a live free world, uh lights go up in uh indifference and really know, good crowd, crowd very,
3: singing actually on indifference.
1: It's fantastic crowd. Yeah. yeah, the crowd was great all night. I got nothing against the crowd at all. Uh and rockin' in the free world had just a ton of energy to it. Uh, you know, it's just again, how many times are you gonna see Rockin' in the Free World before uh, you know, you see Something else that's a little less common than that, you know, like even a sonic reducer or something else in that spot would have been would have been cool. But that's again, you're, you're we're being picky on things that usually are very common. So it's it's really not a big deal. But um, that's that's the show. Uh, top three. Let's let's do our top three. What do you got?
3: Um, hmm good question i don't know like the art i'm just gonna name them i mean the the go feedback in the beginning is is such a cool unique moment that i think i feel like i have to mention it because it it, it really caught me off guard when it happened and i really love it listening back to it every time i i come across that version i feel like i just gotta listen to it um future days has got to be in there yeah i feel like i gotta put future days in there i feel like i'm I'm, i'd be remiss if i didn't put it in there uh that would be a second one and man i don't know it's just like it is such a hit filled show and such a a standard basic show that nothing really like stands out as much to me um i don't mean taking it to the streets was cool i mean it's like something really different you're never gonna see that again so i guess that maybe yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's I, fair. I feel I feel weird that I'm struggling this hard to try to get three moments, you know.
1: But a lot of what we talked about today was stuff kind of. is how there are not a lot of technical. moments. Yeah, yeah it's very technical. Kind so I of guess I got to
3: stretch a little bit here. I mean, getting I got shit for the first time that was good, you know, honorable mention. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: I think for me. I have Go and Future Days is absolutely two two of the top. And then probably number three, I think it would be Go number one, Future Days number two. And then three for me, uh I really like Dangerous Business into into Wishlist. I think that was that was a really fun, good moment. And I I I personally liked Wishlist from this show, so uh that's okay. that's what I say. Now uh let's uh Stick let's man. rate the thing. Yeah, how many? This is going to be a really tough one. I've been thinking about it. I don't know. uh, I feel like I. I don't know what you come up with. I I feel like
3: I kind of have to like view the two shows as a tandem. Because it's like you go to the shows back to back, you know, night one and night two. And it's like you, you can't help but like relate them to each other.
1: Right. These two especially yeah. because they're so
3: similar. And there's a lot of similarities, but the things that are different between them are really like really different. And they yeah. are what set them apart. Um and I don't want to get too deep into night two and mention a lot of specifics. Um I will I remember so many people talking about how amazing night one was at the pre party the second day. And it right. was But but again, like I said in the beginning, it wasn't the set list. It was just
1: like... We've had people write into us and say that that show was one of the best performances they've ever seen.
3: Yeah, because they were so on fire. Like, the performances were all very, very good. They're very solid performances of almost every song. Like, outside of Ed forgetting the lyrics on a number of occasions, like, every performance was great. Um, But, like, the moments in the second night, like, the little rarities and things that we'll get into when we get to that show and that's what sets it apart. So it's like the set list is better the second night. So like in that regard, like I, I feel like I want to rate the second night higher and not the first night, but like the first night's performances were still so good that I'm, I'm like torn. I don't know. It's like really tough. Maybe like an eight. Okay. That's, I think I feel like that's a fair assessment because it's like they're, the fact that you don't have any of these mind blowing MSG, mid-tour moments based on all the other things that were happening in the previous shows, it's like, that is a, it's a pretty big downer. Like, I feel like, you know, you're really let down in that regard, and, you know, you've harped on that and how you were being a brat and everything, (laughs) but, you know, I think as a chaser, and if you're looking at it as, like, a rarity collector show, you're going to be disappointed, but if you look at it from a, what is, like, it's like I said to you before, it's like, if this was a festival show, but longer. Yeah, you know, it's like they're playing a lot of songs that you'd get at a festival, with a couple little cool, unique things thrown in,
1: right? And it's but a little it's more still...
3: fleshed out, and and like all the performances are awesome.
1: I think so. so said I think like an eight, that... eight
3: to an eight and a half, I think is fair.
1: Yeah, somewhere I, I, in a range. I feel like we've said before with other shows, especially in 2016, like we said. Uh, maybe it was the Tampa one that I said this about I'm Like you could take this set list and performance and put it in Madison square garden. You wouldn't know the difference. And I would say that this is the opposite. I think that you can put this show in Tampa and this would be a really good Tampa show, but it's not necessarily an amazing garden show right. in my, you know, that, that, that's just in my opinion. But, um, you know, half of me wants to give it the spoiled brat rating, which is kind of low, and the other half wants to give it the very solid bootleg uh, re-listen rating, which is which is better. Um, I'm going to have to go seven, and I think that's pretty fair based on, you know, how how much of uh, a chaser and how negative I was coming out of this show. I probably gave it a four coming out, coming out of it and listening to it back. I think it, 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 it gained some redemption for me. There was some cool moments with, you know, a mid set release and, you know, go that we talked about in future days that I was able to appreciate when hearing it uh, a second time around and this is not something that i've gone back I, I didn't even buy this bootleg when uh when it came out so this is really the first time that i've really sunk my teeth into it so you know there there are things that are really good about this show it's, it's solid there's nothing wrong about it it's just you know i i'm still in spoiled brat mindset a little bit so it, it that's holding me back from giving it you know, uh, a B grade instead, you know, I, th- I think a seven is pretty good considering how uh, negative I've, I've mentioned that I was while I was in the stands of the show. So
3: the only thing that I would add is it's the kind of show. And I feel like I, a lot of the shows that I've done, you know, on the podcast or at least the ones that I've been to, it was the kind of show where when you experience it in real time, like when you're there, it was a lot more enjoyable and a lot better than when you listen back to it.
1: Yeah. I think we had that last week with with London.
3: You know, like you're standing there and you're like enjoying the moment. You're in the moment and like you're surrounded by people that are loving it. And it's like, it really, you were like engulfed in, in this, in the energy and everything. And like you listen back to it and it's like, it's just, it's just good.
1: Yeah. It's just
3: okay. It's, Nothing that is going to draw me back to listening to this bootleg at any time soon, but it's like if I had it on shuffle, like all of my songs and like something from – this performance came up like one of these moments we've talked about I would definitely want to listen to it if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah
1: you can, you can pick certain performances from this show that's the same thing we said about the London show from last week uh, you, you can pick certain performances and say like this was really good this was really fantastic as far as listening to it as a full bootleg as a whole yeah. Yeah and I think that you know we kind of have to do this on this show because what you know we can direct you to the bootleg or the YouTube versions but we can't say hey you know it's not a broadway show like hey go see this live you know it's Mm -hmm. not it's not that so you can't get that set list or that moment back so uh you know that's that's pretty much where we stand with it and uh you know i i think it had a little bit redemption for me but uh, again you know it's not one that's going to be raising the roof or i'm not going to try to listen to it anytime soon so uh, all right let's clean up here and uh, again mention on Patreon that we had a bunch of announcements yesterday uh, within mentioning uh, the the patrons day we mentioned some things that we're going to be doing in 2020 so if that's something that you're interested in head on over to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash live and four legs remember to vote remember to vote for our uh, show of the decade uh, I believe 2013 or 2014 is probably out right now so you're going to want to vote and vote for your favorite shows on that uh, that's all we have for you for today uh, again go vote and uh, anything else
3: no I'm go all see set Buckley's um, band whenever they play yeah Remora like <laughs> if you want like us on uh, Facebook R E M O R A or shoot us a message or me a message the show a message whatever I'll uh, share you the Spotify link if you want to listen our debut EP Basement Tapes is out now
2: there
1: you go on head spotify hit it up head on over Love uh it. all right this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always for randy and buckley and the penultimate msg show we got one more left mm. in the full year of doing 10 msg shows can you believe that we got through them all no. it's kind of amazing yeah uh so we'll get to one final one in december The Night 2 show from this past year, uh, 2016. And, uh, you know, that is it for this show. So we will be back next week. See you then.
3: Later.